0: Welcome to Fraud Busting. I'm Tracy Brown, the Fraud Busting Body Language Expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion dollar business deals. It's time to dive in so you can beat the fraudsters at their own game and build your bottom line. Terry Ellis visits Fraud Busting. He masterminded a real life heist of Verizon headquarters in London to steal customer data in person, without guns, Ocean's Eleven style. And he pulled it off. You'll be amazed at his story and also learn about what he's doing now to keep young people away from a life of crime and out of prison. You're going to want to be sure to get his books Living Amongst the Beasts and Verizon. He does have a really thick British accent, so just be ready for that, but enjoy thank you so much for coming on fraud busting today My pleasure now you're in where london
1: yeah london england
0: okay and we met through uh, kind of a connection to a mutual friend uh tony sales because you were yep. speaking at his we fight fraud conference and yep. um which is a fantastic online event and so why not I don't want to steal any of your thunder why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and then we will dive into that
1: okay uh, um the reason the reason i was asked to go and fight fraud or you know as, as i've taken it was the fact that um as as a, as a, a criminal I, I i was responsible for the sort of oceans 11 style heist in camden uh, we robbed the verizon um of uh, five million pounds worth of pentium motherboards and just over a hundred million or more of, of data. And, and that's why they asked me to go and speak on that.
0: Wow. Okay. So let's, let's, why don't we start before that? Because you, you're involved in this big heist, Ocean's 11 style, which is, um it's, it's amazing to even think about that someone could pull that off in, in real life. Now, but how did you get to the point of thinking, huh, you know what? Let's 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 take Verizon. Like, uh, what, what's the? Is there like a build up to that? Um, yeah. yeah. Of, what, what happens?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I started uh, many years ago as an arm robber. Oh really? Um, yeah, when I was when I was a young man, and then I I, I sort of graduated into into drugs, um, importing and exporting drugs all, all around the world. Um, I worked in Cambodia, mm-hmm. um, and I worked I worked in Spain for a couple of years, ha- Amsterdam, uh, sending drugs back to England, um, and it was a very lucrative uh, business. Well, um, oh, I bet. I, I and
0: um, now it, now it's lucrative for a couple of reasons. One is because the uh, like w- like what's your let's just talk business for a little bit. What's your Markup on I don't know on on the drugs like what, what kind of percentage markup do
1: y'all do? say so, like if we had if we bought a kilo in um, cocaine in uh, in Amsterdam was seventeen thousand um, pounds, I can then get it back here for a three thousand pounds, and I can then sell it for thirty five or forty thousand pounds. Forty thousand.
0: So you're three three, time, um, yeah, three times. um wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. So so you got the drugs in Cambodia, mark put them back uh, or. Imported them into Europe, and like how how that's not a one man job. How how many people did you have working for you? Were you the leader? Was, what tell us about that?
1: It's quite well organized. Yeah, we we, we had like a syndicate of, uh, of, of guys. Uh, my job was to to get it out there. Uh, I, had, I had I had really good connections as far as uh, getting stuff onto the streets and mm-hmm. in in you know and you know and out there. So I could I could probably do four or five ton of weed every week. Oh, wow. um, I could probably. They do 100 kilos of cocaine, and, and my job really was to get it out of them and then make sure the money came back, and then I paid my, my suppliers. Um, but, yeah, we had everyone done their jobs. You know? So we had the people in, in uh, Spain. We had the people in Dubai. We had, we had people everywhere. Oh, my um, goodness. And, and it was the case of just we had the right people for the right job, whether it was banking, whether it was uh, – transport um and and you know everyone had their their part to playing it
0: wow so um what was your do you know what like what your annual revenue was per like per year
1: (laughs) you know we know it was it was it was in the hundreds of thousands
0: oh yeah maybe uh, maybe uh, the books aren't kept so well
1: (laughs) no no you know we 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 had you know we had we had a very very good life you know we went to the, the best restaurants every night i trousers. um it was it was it was it was a, it was a good life you know you know it was, it was something that, um, that as a young man i i wanted to aspire to you know I, don't, I i never i i was i was dyslexic as a kid so i never had much schooling or education so oh. the only the only other course of action for me to do was to get into into crime and 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 i excelled at it you know, so for me, it was um, it was the next best thing to actually getting a real job. And you know, and as much as I, I, I sort of sort of smile, um, you know, I know lots of guys that I went to school with, lived the same life as I did, and, and done really well. You know, they got good jobs in it. I also know lots of guys that I, I, I grew up with that didn't do any 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 skullduggery, but they went out and they got all got jobs, but they just existed. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was about it was about getting to something that, that, that I liked that was easy money and and something that i, I could I could excel at and, and, and criminality unfortunately was, was, was my forte
0: okay okay so so you're in you're in the drug business how do you get to thinking okay let's let's go to Verizon and like the, the thing that, that interests me about this is that so they had these Pentium chips in there like how did you become aware of what was possible there and what were you going to do with all that stuff that you took
1: I think for us it was a case of um, we, were, we were we were doing um, we were acquiring chips for quite a few years
0: um
1: and we were doing jobs but what happened the insurance company said that that the warehouses and and uh companies don't only have three or four hundred thousand pounds worth of of chips at any one time um so you know so so really so going to rob them three or four hundred thousand pounds and then selling them and having a car bought was very limited. you know so you were walking away with thirty thousand quid each so it was it was something that really was actually imposed on us because then we we realized that there was more money in data than there was in the pension chip and it just so happens that we were doing we were doing certain things to certain people and we were offered a situation where we were told that there was there was potentially five to ten million pounds of motherboards in Verizon, mm-hmm. um, and and our job was to was to go and retrieve them, and and also the the the, the data on them was worth was worth somewhere in the region of between a hundred and two hundred million pounds uh, on the on the dark web. So so, we, so, so, the, so
0: so the data is like people's personal data that like did business with Verizon, right? I, I meant so, yeah. Okay, so so someone hired you to do this. Sounds like
1: Wait, we. we yeah, we were we were we were uh, we were asked to go uh, to meet some people. Uh, we went down there, and, and uh, they offered us a situation. They'd also offered us two or three jobs before, and and they were very reliable. Uh, the information they gave us was spot on. So you know what you know, and you know for us is if you get the right information, it just makes it ten times easier for us to get in there. But the difference with Verizon was, it had, you know as you know, it's got six layers of security. I think it had eight to ten security guards at the time biometric hand scanners, CCT cameras, He had a, the regular police patrols there, because there was three police stations within the vicinity. And and the thing was we we didn't want to use any gun. So so we had to we had to sort of think of a way of getting in there. And it also panic buttons in there. So so the place was like Fort Knox. So we had to devise a way of getting in there, which wouldn't cause too much aggravation for us or anyone and will cause any 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 sort of hardship for anyone. Um but it was also doing a job that um that we don't have to uh we don't want to cause too much publicity.
0: Okay.
1: So you know so we wanted to go in here no guns no 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 violence. So we decided to go in as police. Officer. So so, so you dressed them. up
0: as cops.
1: Oh so, yeah, so what we did we we bought, uh, we had, we had a police van, cars, we took a dog, our station dog um and there was five of us and uh, we we uh, had full uniforms on, all the vests and we went and knocked on the door and you know we looked at it for weeks and weeks and uh it was like fault knocks but the only thing they, they didn't uh, sort of uh, um, they didn't think that someone was actually just gonna walk up to the front door and knock it on the door was a police officer and no matter no matter of security was going to stop us from getting in tonight then
0: well because because you're dealing with the human factor at that point yeah, so, yeah 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 so let's let's talk about this so did you go like it's it's kind of a little bit hard to I guess replicate or counterfeit like real police uniforms and real police cars is it or, or not
1: like, no, no, no. You know, you know, you can go to auctions. You can, you can, you can basically get anything you want on the dark web. You can, you can, you can buy anything to make yourself pass off as a policeman, um, as a postman, as a gas man, whatever you want. You can, you can get get anything made now. So, and and in two thousand and seven was just exactly the same. Um, uh, and and having a having a dog was really just the icing on the cake. Was was because it was it, it sort of really took took they took their eyes off the ball because you know you don't get most any any robbers coming into your place and bringing dogs so we were the we were the first of a a new breed of criminal that saw the potential in in data and and it also saw the potential in not using any violence to actually go and acquire it
0: Mm -hmm. so then so then how how, like because this you, you had to put some money and time and thought into this. So how, how much did you spend to get yourself dressed up just right?
1: I think at the time, I think we spent about 30,000 uh, pounds. We looked at it for about just over, over four or five weeks. Um, you know, we bought uniforms, dogs, radios, cars. Um, you know, it was it was real slick little bit of work because, you know, up until then, I think there was two, two attempts to, to get this data from what we were told. Uh, one in America where they went for a war and smashed for a war in, in, I don't know if it was New York or one, one of these places, I've got it written down in my book. Okay. um and a, and a place in London where they went in and they, and they fouled so we were then we were then tasked with retrieving the motherboard and that was our job but up until that moment you know I think that was two attempts to retrieve the data or whatever you know we, we I wasn't really privy to this it was only a year after when I, when I got nicked uh, that I was questioned by mi5 um uh, or, or people from from the, the spook department. And said, you know, you know, there's a lot of data that we want. And there's a lot of information that, that we want to retrieve. And if you give us it, we, we, we're going to let you go. You know, we're going to let you go with a short sentence. Okay. So, so yeah. So, unfortunately, um, I declined their offer. And I ended up getting 16 years.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. So, we'll get to that. Let's get back to the day of. So, you you have a few guys with you. You have a dog. You have a few cars with you. All looks real. Mm-hmm. You go up to, what, the front desk at, at Verizon? I mean, it wasn't like, it must have been the headquarters, right? Or
1: Yeah, you know, it, I mean, think the size of the place is like, it's three stories high. It's the size of, say, four or five foot with uh, it's, it's a really good, it's a really big place. I think at the time, they had 10 security guards there. Um, you now, as I said, biometric uh, hand scanners, keypads, uh, entry phones. Uh, there was everything there. It was like full knocks. But we we we, uh, we went past it a few times. Uh, we followed the patrols. There was patrol around there. With police cars, everything cars, and we watched it. I think it was just over a month we watched it. And then we decided that maybe you know the only way to go in there would be through the front door. So we we pulled up. We just we drove up there with with a van, a car, pulled onto the fork, onto the onto the, the main road, off to the main road, onto the fork hole, and blocked any view for anyone behind the scene. And and we just got a guy at the passenger door, uh, knocked on the door and said, I was I was a police officer and um and they came to they came and uh to the intercom and i said I was, I was a police officer we've had reports that there was someone up on the roof and and for that we wanted like to come in and investigate it they hesitated for a few seconds and then they let us in and with that we we then took their biometric cards off them so we can get access to the whole building we then said that uh, we believe that the person on the roof was wearing um um, a security guard's uniform. So has anybody been up on the roof who is a security guard? They all said no. So we said, because he's dressed as security guards for my protection and my officer protection, I'm going to have to cuff everyone. So I cuffed everyone.
0: So you, so you cuffed and all the security guards?
1: Yeah, we cuffed them all, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. And there was 10 of them, you said?
1: It was, I think there was roughly 10 of them. And there was about... I think four maintenance guys and, and and about six or seven cleaners. So we 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 cuffed them all and we put them in the stairwell. And then and then what we did then we had a, a a group of guys that we called who then came in there with uh, with electric drills um, or not electric you know battery powered drills. And what they did they went to work uh, retrieving all the all the data books. So we, so we found we, we located the room which we were told there was also a live feed from another company on 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 the actual uh um, room that we, we 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 gained access to and um what happened then when we cut the live feed from that one of their people phoned up and and i well i answered it and, and said they said what's going on uh, the live feed's just gone down so we just said there's been a there's been a surge in the mainframe computer and we'd be up and running in 10 to 20 minutes and they said okay no problem oh so wow we,
0: so so uh At what point did the people know they're being taken? Like, was it when you put the cuffs on them? Was it when you made them stand in the stairwell? Like, were they getting upset? What's the... No,
1: no, no. What we we did, we, we maintained the... We maintained the illusion that this was, a, this was a real search, you know. So what we did, we brought the dogs with us and we said, what are we going to do? We're going to leave one of our guys with you and we're going we're gonna to search the building. You know, we, there's nothing to worry about. Does anyone want to eat any water? Does anyone want to drink? Does anyone want to sit down? You know, so, you know, just make yourself comfortable. We're going to search the building. We should take us 45 minutes to an hour and then we, and then we will release you and then that will be the end of it. But up until then, it was really good, you um, You know, I don't think at any one time they thought that we wasn't police officers because we all had radios and we were speaking to each other on the radios. And as we cleared each floor, um, pretended to clear each floor, we let them we let them hear that. So, you know, so, you know, it was all done, you know, very professionally. It was all done very, you know, with with, with civility, uh, no violence. Um, You know, it it was just it was just, you know, for us, the perfect storm, really, you know, getting in was, was it was okay. You know? oh,
0: it was a perfect start through planning is is what it what it was. So so you set that up. Now you're supposed to get like what did you end up taking? Was it like boxes of data or like uh like hard drives or what what did you physically walk out with?
1: What is we 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 I think we took about eighty we you know um you know the, the um um a laundry bag? Yeah. So you got a big laundry bag. I think we had we had about forty forty of them. It was forty or forty of them, yeah. And what we did, we, we then filled them up with motherboards. The motherboard's got 30, 30, 32 chips in each motherboard. Okay. And they come out of the mainframe computers and they go in, into, into specially sealed packets that we add so we keep them dust free. We then put them in there, and we place them into the bags. And wh- when when we had everything filled up, we then called to each other, and then we had, had a line of us, and we just walked out. And that's why they said it was the Ocean's Eleven because it was exactly the same um, as because we walked through the building with all the two bags, all dressed as police officers, and put them in the van. And then we let we let the main that them guys go because we needed to get away. And then what we did then we went back into the into the stairwell where all all the uh, the guards were. And we said, we're going to be about 10 minutes, and then we're going to come and release you. And they all was all fine. We didn't shut the door. We, we shut everything up and we walked out of there. And that's it.
0: Oh, wow. So did you actually end up releasing them, or did you leave them where they were?
1: No, we, left, we left them. Uh, they, you know, um, the police were there within six minutes of us leaving.
0: Oh, so they only showed up after you left. Because because how, how long did all this take? Did it take 45 minutes like you thought, or was it?
1: Uh, we, we, we we gave ourselves one hour to do it because it was quite, quite a big job. And, and and the idea was to get every single motherboard out of it, not, leave nothing nothing behind. That was the deal. And so it took it took uh, you know it took it took us an hour in there. I think we was in there exactly one hour. Uh, and the police came. The police came six minutes after we left. We actually, as we drove up the, up, up to Kenish there's a police station that, that was um, within in the area and and done regular patrols. And as we we got to there, you know, every single blue light came flashing on and came out of there. We actually thought they were going to come on us. Uh, but they you know we pulled up and they and they came came out of the turning and they were going back to where we came so it's really it was a moment uh sort of a heart yeah. moment for all of us um but you know what it was, it was you know we just we just batted it off and we, and we carried on driving we dropped the dog off and then we made our way to to um a drop off point where we where we left everything so what we did we scanned everything made sure there was no trackers in now and um and we left it there and and then a few days later, we, um, we took it to our buyers.
0: Oh wow! So, so these these drop-off points—is it, um, it like it is in the movies, <laughs> like where you where you just drop something off, and then like you meet somebody on a bench and they give you a stack of money? Like, how does that really work?
1: No. So what we did, we had we had we had uh, we had some garages that we oh. we uh, that belonged to friends of ours. So what did we, we, we took all the stuff there, we, we, we unloaded it all. And then what we took, we took the vans and the cars to a bit of wasteland and we burned them out.
0: Oh really? And you know, burned
1: the cars? We, yeah. The vans and the cars we burned them. And then from now, uh, we, we went back to, to, uh, one of our places, uh, one of our stash houses. And we changed, changed that stuff. From our civis on and then we got rid of all the police uniforms. And then, and then we went to a local, uh, bar and we had a, we had a celebration drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know just you know just, just to unwind because you know it was it was a month of uh, planning you know as you know as i said you know it's, it's it's you know subconsciously you're you're going through the job every single day from the minute you start doing it and um you know, your, your, your subconscious beats you up every day. You know, it tells you not to do it. There's a, there's a, there's a voice in your head saying, don't do this. And oh, it's a really? Battle. Well, yeah. that,
0: that's super interesting because, um, a, a lot of, I think a lot of folks who, who like go this route, I don't think they have that, that knock knock on the inside. Right. Um, I think so every, everybody does. Think I, think so?
1: I think everybody does. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's you no, know, like, I've, I've, been in this game forever. And, um, since I was a kid, I was doing armed robberies since I was 16 years old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, and i just i graduated to not using guns believe it or not um and it, it just became much easier but you know you, you you go through the mental torture you mentally talk to yourself you beat yourself up all the time you know because it's you know there's a reason why there's not many armed robbers or, or people that do this because you can defeat yourself before you start the day you know you, you know you, you go through in your head you go through all the things that can go wrong and normally your head is is 10 to 100 times more severe than what anything that can happen on the job so you you know you're constantly you know, you're constantly in that, that state of 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 uh, tension, anxiety, uh, fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and trepidation all the time. So, and then, but the minute you you go there, you know, you have to you have to call. You know, as a, as a leader of the gang. Um, you know, I I had to sort of conquer my fears, and 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 then because we were driving down in, and I had to say, this is it, guys. We're going in. That's it. There's no turning back. But you have to make that decision. You know, you know, I know lots of guys who've gone to the door of places and they've lost their bottle. And they've had to drive off. Oh you know, wow! Because the, the the fear has got the better of them. So you know, it, you know, it's not, it's not a, it's not, it's not something that normal people do. You know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of, of guts, bottle. Uh, but it's also something that you you train for. So we trained as kids. You know, with, with what when we were younger, everything we did was 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 a sort of learning process to where we was when we was in our in our 30s and 40s. So, you know, when we committed ourselves to something, there was no turning back, regardless. You know, I think if you plan something uh, as meticulous as, as we did, you, you, know, you, you, there's not, not, you know, there's not uh, any option but to do it. You know, and that, and that was why we were successful because we wasn't, we wasn't an active team, you know, going out every week and doing jobs. We were doing, you know, one job a year, uh-huh. you know, sometimes two, you know, and, and we would live off, we would live off the proceeds for a few years sometimes.
0: Now, now, how much, um, how much did you get paid on that? Can you, can you say?
1: I'm, all I can say is very well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here, here's what I want to know because I, have talked to a few fellas like that have you know gone to the bad side, and um, there they have a couple things in common. One is that they're super smart, right? Two is that they had a tough upbringing, right, or something that kind of led them to where crime made the most sense. But the third thing is that. At a certain point, they had a lot of money. A lot of mo- like a lot a lot of money and like enough to live for the rest of your life. But let's see, okay, there we go. Okay, so um, what at at what point do you say okay, I have enough, I'm good, or is it it like what keeps you going? Is it the thrill of it? Is like what is that thing in there? I,
1: I, I think for us it was um yeah it's greed you know it's is it's another I have a word for it greed um you know I, I I had a couple of asses, I had I had a, uh, nice girlfriend I was going to retire to Spain Uh, I just looked at a couple of places that I was going to buy and 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 then you you know you get offered something else you know and it's just you know for for me it was also doing something that, that no one else could do you know because you know a few other teams got offered it and uh, you know like, it's just impossible it was an impossibility to, to do it the way we wanted to do it because you know as I said they had panic buttons in there. and the minute you went up to this place if you'd have done it like any 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 other way than what we did it you know it would have come on top you know the police would have come the panic buttons would have gone off but you know it was, as I say it was it was it was a it was a high pressure gamble you know for the minute we 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 actually went there was gamble you know. It was a a gamble for the minute we got to the front door that someone won't press the panic button. Um, it was a it was a gamble when the live feed was on the room. Yeah, um, we spoke to the guy on the phone. Is a 50 50 again uh you know it's, it's a gamble you know and, and unfortunately you know with with us it's um you know that's, that's that's what we live for we live we live to make our mark and we live to we live to do something that's that's, that's that will um you know will be respected by other other criminals as well you know? yeah. but i can't I, I you know i don't i don't think that's why we did it i think we did it simply because it's because of the money you know and you know, and it was, it was such a, an alluring uh, opportunity to do something that, that, that hadn't been done, you know, here. You know.
0: So then how did y'all, oh, so so you pull off this heist, you go to the bar, everything's good. What happens next? What, like, did you have more jobs? Eventually you got caught. Like, what's, how did things progress?
1: Um, so what happened um, is that we, we sold, we, we gave over the, the, the product to, to the, our main guy. And and we were paid. Um, we all went our different ways. Um, I I I went away for a month. Um, and um, when I came back, um, everything was sweet. And uh, a couple of the guys that I was working with at the time uh, decided to go and do something else uh, with the same with the same uniform, with the same MO. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what happened? They were they were really good friends of mine. Um, and I I, I I I declined to do it because I said you know it really wasn't for me. Uh, it, was, it was too short notice, and there wasn't enough planning going into it. So I, I and my other pal said, "No, we won't do it." And then uh, they they did. Unfortunately, they got caught. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And so, and what happened is uh, because I was really good friends with these guys, and 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 because they had used police uniforms, they decided to, to show my face to some security guards. And then the next thing I knew that um, there were security guards from a number of jobs they that said that's the guy that's the guy that done the talking that's the ring leader and and next thing i knew I had, I had a special squad after me and and a year later they called me
0: oh wow now so um, so some of your some of your teammates kind of ratted on you a little bit sounds like
1: no 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 you know I, you know not one of them did unfortunately, um because you know it was just a case of they'd done something uh they got caught and and you know the police have you know it's, it's the police are very perceptive, you know. They they knew uh, that we were all friends, so you know all they did was they on a hunch they 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 uh they took my picture and said like you know does does this guy's face ring a bell? And they said yeah him he he rings a bell. He's he's one of them, you know. So so you know so it was, it was like you know it was guilt by association. It was guilt because I was there with my friends, but you know it was just one of those things. That, you know I you know I don't, I don't feel any any animosity towards them. Uh, they were doing what they that we've done a million times. You know unfortunately they got caught. And unfortunately, because they used the same MO with with the dog, I, I was um, I was scuppered, so oh, to speak. Wow.
0: So um, now, did you know at a certain point they were chasing you or what how did that uh, work? Yeah.
1: Um, I was I was uh, I was in my girlfriend's ass and and I woke up about half, half five in the morning. I, I always get up early and I was fully fully dressed. Um, and I looked at, I I remember I go into the balcony, just as I got to the balcony, I saw a, a, a girl walk past and a guy. I was I was thinking I was three four stories, four stories up then, and it just didn't feel right. So I I, I walked back in, I uh, walked to the roof picked up my rucksack um, and, and my jacket, pulled myself up onto the roof, and then I walked along the top of the roof, and then I got down went down a fire escape, and as I looked looked back in, I saw about 20 old Bill going into the house, so they, they went through the front door and me. So I missed them then, and that's when the first time I knew they were after me. Oh wow! Um, and then and then after that. I, I received about five, six different calls from friends and said that, that all their doors have gone in looking for me. So I, I chucked my phone away. I rented a um, cottage and I uh, went and got a canal boat and I and I and I and I stayed on the canal for a year and oh. um, going up and down.
0: Now, what did your girlfriend think of this? Did, I mean, does she know your profession? Like, what's the? Where's she on this? I, you
1: know, well, you know, you know, um, my, my life dictated I, I had different different girlfriends, unfortunately. Oh. Um, and so and I wasn't really with anyone in particular I, I I had three or four girlfriends I used to slip you know in there and there and um but it's a lifestyle you know it comes it comes with the territory um you know you're able to sort of you know walk away at five seconds notice and that's what I did I left all my stuff there and just took my bag and that's it I, I was out I was out the window you know so you know and then you're you you've got to be prepared to do that if you live this life you know you've got to be prepared to move on you know it's, it's a very uh you know it's very unsettling. Um, and it's not something that um, I look back with, with fondness on this. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad that it's, it's, it's over. Um, but for many years, you know, for you know, 40 odd years, I was, you know, I was always looking over my shoulder. I was always wondering if, if today was going to be the day, um, you know.
0: Now, what's, just, what's that like? I mean, that has to be so nerve wracking. Just, I mean, around any corner could could be i mean they
1: could do anything well yeah you know it's, it's 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 the nature of the game you know you know we we work 365 days a year when we were doing a drunk, and the police have only got to be lucky one and 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 you know when when they're unlucky you know they get another shot at it when we're unlucky we do five or ten years in prison uh-huh. so you know I've, I've made three mistakes in my life and i've gone to prison three times for whatever mistake so you know it's, it's a you know it's a precarious uh, um, occupation. And, and one you have to accept as, as a consequence of what you do, you know, you know, you know. Most people get up at five or six o'clock in the morning, and, and they spend their whole lives working. You know, we get up whenever we want, we do whatever we want, and and we take whatever we want. And 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 that comes at a cost, you know. It, whether it's relationships, whether it's family, and whether it's going in prison, you know. And so you accept that that, that fact. It's not a, it's not a good uh, it's not a good life at all.
0: Huh. But the so- same, so then, um, how'd you get caught? How'd they finally catch
1: you? Um, I, I can remember I was I was in a place called Lee Grave In um, it's, it's about 100 miles away from from where I, I used to live.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I, I I just parked the boat up and I had a flat, um, and I was I was actually going going to the airport to pick up a passport. I was actually I was actually four hours away from going to Thailand oh, wow. to, to, stay with, to stay with a friend. So I'd arranged to pick up a passport and uh, I'd packed all my gear and uh, I was supposed to pick up the, the passport up the day before, but the guy I was supposed to pick up, um, you know, said there was a delay in it. So, so I was flying out that evening. So I said, why well, do I meet you at the station? And and while I was waiting, there, I decided to go around to a shop and buy something to eat. And I walked around there. It was about, about half a mile away from where I lived. I think it was a nice sunny day. And I was walking along the road, and the next thing I knew, a car came over the over the the, the grass verge, uh, and and basically was heading towards me. As I turned around, another car came, and they both smashed into each other. I jumped up in the air, rolled over. A van pulled up, and all these guys got out and just started whacking me with truncheons. Oh so first God. I thought I was getting uh, at first I thought I was getting kidnapped, and then yeah. and then I heard I heard the police radio because they was all dressed in black, all their masks on, all had bullet cloves on. And, and I was actually quite shocked because I thought I was getting kidnapped because I, you know, I've done done some crazy things over the years. And I was actually quite relieved that it was the police, to be honest. Oh, my so, goodness. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so I, 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 you know, I protested. I said, you've obviously got the wrong guy. And, and I tried to, to, to wing it for a few minutes. And then they showed me a picture of myself and uh, the game was afoot, I'm the And then wow. I was off to London. Yeah.
0: So did you just give up and were like, you, you got me like after a point or?
1: Yeah, you know, as, you know, I, as I said, you know, we don't carry guns. I was lucky that I was quite fortunate. We don't carry guns because I think they would have shot me. You know, so you know, so they tried to they tried to cripple me uh, by by smashing the cars into me, which luckily I saw. Oh. Uh, but I think I think if if because they have a, a shoot to kill policy in in England. I don't know if you know, oh really? They, yeah. Any 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 armed robbers. If if you go if you're an armed robbery and you're going equipped and you've got a gun, you know they shoot first and ask questions later. So oh. I think I was pretty lucky because um you know when they did come for me they, they they wasn't armed. So you know I was pretty lucky. So you know so I I, I you know. I think if anything that did come out of it, the fact that I'm still here, wow. I've been able to turn my life around.
0: Wow! So then you got 16 years,
1: huh? Yeah, yeah, I was I was quite shocked, you know, because you know the normal sentence uh, for, for for doing what we did was was 10 years,
0: uh-huh.
1: no firearms, and uh, because we didn't. You know, there's only two of us got got, got arrested um, for the for this job, and um, I was offered six years, uh, and I was offered that I could be out in three years, and I declined. Um, they said they wanted the motherboards back, I declined. They said they wanted the rest of my friends, I declined, and and I I I accepted the fact I was going to do do uh, get a ten years, but I'd be out in fine. You know, that's 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 the, the going rate right over here. And then all of a sudden they uh, said, listen, if you don't play ball with us, we're going to make sure you 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 get a stiff sentence, and I just laughed it off. And when I did get sentence, they um, they gave me 16 years, nine months. That's <laughs> quite shocked. Wow. You know?
0: Now you've you've taken this time. In, well, wait. Let me back up. How long have you been out?
1: Been four and a half years now.
0: Okay. So you've. Um... You've taken this time in in the pandemic because I think Europe is is really on. I think y'all are still on a lot of lockdowns, aren't you? Or how's it going? Yeah, on
1: there? I think I think I, I think it's, it's the seventeenth of this month. It all goes back to normal, but you know it's, it's it's been you know I've been working from from day one, so
0: well, nothing's really changed. Let's, let's talk about what you've been doing since you've been home because it's it's like you you told me you wrote what nine books or t- tell me tell us all about what you've been doing
1: well you know you know I, when i was in prison I, I i took the opportunity to actually educate myself as i say, I was dyslexic and and i always used to exclude myself from from school uh because i was embarrassed you know i was embarrassed because you know my peers could all spell um and for years and years and years i i just never went into a classroom but on this sentence i decided to to educate myself you know i i i, I uh, made a conscious effort to do it and and i also decided that i would you know try and challenge myself so i I signed up to a place called Grendon. it's a therapeutic prison in hoursbury and it houses 228 of the worst criminals in england wow from serial serial killers wife killers child murderers uh the most dangerous men you could ever imagine and and it's it's about it's the whole place is, is is geared towards therapy and and uh it's probably one of the one of the hardest experiences I ever did, but also one of the most rewarding um, because I, I learned a lot about myself. You know, I learned a lot of, of why I'm the way I am. You know, I learned about my ego, my hedonistic lifestyle. Um, I put loads loads of coping strategies in place. Um, I, you know, as I said, I dealt with boredom, shame, ego, and 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 I spent two and a half years there. And and I and and what I learned from it was 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 I thought was invaluable. You know, it it was one of those places that had one of the lowest rates of violence in the whole country. And 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 also the lowest rates of suicide, self-harm and everything else, simply because men were given an opportunity to actually talk about their past so they can then create a better future for themselves. But, you know, when I first went, I just thought it was just another, another place where people go to get away from, from the prison system, uh, a sort of soft touch. But, you know, I saw some really hard men there, some really aggressive, angry men, but the more they spoke and, and 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 I saw the the anger go and dissipate, I realised that, that you know I, I was put in the right place. So for me, I, I I sort of jumped in feet first, then and and decided to actually you know grasp it with both hands and take take um take the opportunity. And I did that for two and a half years, and I, and I wrote a book about it and um called Living Amongst the Beasts. Uh, <laughs> the name is very provocative. It, um, is. it but, really is, but but I think I think sometimes you have to be that way because um, what it, what it actually did it, it made a lot of people read it and and what I do I get messages from all over the world now saying how much they enjoyed reading it and how much it gave them an opportunity to actually look at themselves and actually think. I also got a lot of women got in contact with me that actually empowered them to actually write about their abuse. Oh wow! You know, so you know, so it's been it's been a real real beautiful experience. You know, I've I've loved it, um, and 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 I you know it's, it's a bestseller it was a best seller for a uh, through the lockdown period which was luckily lucky for me
0: yeah, um, and, and we, on Kindle, right? Is that
1: Kindle or where yeah. do we, on Amazon? Where do we get it? Yeah, so it's on Amazon. So what it was, uh, let just show you. I don't know if you can see it there. That's, that's it. That's it there, Living Amongst the Beasts. There it is.
0: It looks yeah.
1: good. Yeah. Um, and and so, so so I wrote that and, I, and I, got, I sort of got a flair for writing. And then and what I did, I after I left Brendan, I also went to an open prison. And before I went there, I realized, I you know, I, I saw lots of guys come back. You know, we have like a revolving door of recidivism in, in England. Mm. Unfortunately, when you leave prison, there's no housing, and um, so most of them have to spend time on on the street or on people's cities. And there's no there's no social housing. Rents are really high, yeah. so they end up they end up coming back in prison. So when I actually went to a DECA, I, I actually said, you know, what is what what's the situation? You know, I've, I've I've done therapy, I've done all the rehabilitation courses, and you know, I feel like I'm going to be fouled at the last moment. You know, the last last hurdle. Mm-hmm. And they said no, 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 no. We're gonna, we're gonna house you. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. And you know, and at the end, I left. I left with a tent. so oh, so I went decided in a tent. Yeah, I left with a tent. So I, I, I did, why I was there, I, I chronicled my whole year. So is so I wrote this is called the final countdown to my freedom. Oh wow, um, the and
0: resettlement it, diaries. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So as so I wrote that, and then um, that sort of got me going, <laughs> and then. And then I sort I, I of I, I started a knife crime, and I and I and I met lots of young guys that were going in prison, but they never had, had, a, had a clue what prison was like. So I started doing talks inside uh, schools and all that. Mm-hmm. I also met lots of lots of parents who, who had a perception of prison, and, and, and they were really afraid. They were afraid that their sons were going in. So so I wrote a, a guide to prison. It's called HMP.
0: Help me prepare for prison. Now that is because I was I was kidding you about this, I think when we had our little intro call. Did you see that movie, no. the Kevin Hart movie? Get hard?
1: No, no, no. no.
0: Oh, you gotta see, see it. You gotta see it. Cause um you, you have the real life version of this Kevin Hart. Uh, movie so um it all
1: about prepping for prison. Well, so, so this was you know as I said I met lots of the families so I, I wrote it for, as a guide to prison for first timers in their families about the obstacles but also about about changing their lives. You know, you know it's it's an opportunity to actually to change your life. You know, mm. prison a rehabilitation in prison in its present form it doesn't work. We know that for a fact. Right, yeah. You know. However, if you take the opportunity to actually change your life and and change the way you you look um, it's a prison is probably a perfect place to be because you can then sit in your in your room or your cell and you can educate yourself. You can read. Um. So for me, it was about telling people to go in there and read, educate themselves. And also give yourself an opportunity to come off drugs and, and be abstinent, you know. And, and, I, and as I said, I get, I get so many people uh, uh, getting in touch with me from my Twitter, um, telling me how, how much their lives have changed because they, they said if I could do it. Because I, I, I spent a, a year, well, a year taking drugs, cocaine, heroin, oh, wow. um, you yeah. name it. I've done it, crack cocaine. And I've, I've been to the lowest ebb in my, in my life. A few times, and you know, and I wrote about it, and 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 the amount of people that actually got in touch with me and said, you know, you know, you listen to, you know, reading your story and how you came through, it's inspired me to, to stop it. And I, wow. so you know, so so what I did, what I what I've been able to do over the last few years is actually write loads of books about, you know, about helping people, about you know, and just not really saying anything apart from the truth, you know, telling people, you know, I wrote a book about emotions, you know, so that you know, it's it's, it's about everything I learned in Grenda, mm-hmm. it's about ego everything else so and i teach them about conflict resolution um you know because the driving force behind most stabbings and murders is, is is ego shame and embarrassment so you know if you, if you can teach these guys about emotional development uh-huh. uh, why they're still still quite young in in um in primary school secondary school and into higher education they should be more better equipped to actually deal with the situation they come when 18 19 years old so that's uh-huh. that's what i do with them that's what i do um and then and then Yeah, my my latest one is is Verizon. This is um, you know, it was a book I didn't want to write. You know, I, I, I spend my time uh, teaching kids and uh, everyone else now that not to aspire to being a criminal. You know, I, I try to, you know, say, you know, as, as much as it, it looks glamorous, the life is very parasitic. And and, and, and for me, you know, people would better place just getting a normal job and living a normal life and, and, you know, just really living life instead of just sitting in the cell. So I wrote Verizon, but it's a walk and all story about the time when I was in care. When I was a kid, I was I went in care when I was nine years old, mm-hmm. um, going through the care system. The brutality, the abuse, the mental torture, um, and then coming out of there and 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 being put in with other guys who were of the same week, um who were older than me, who, who then introduced me to armed robbery at the age of sixteen, and, and I was supposed to be in care of the, of, the, of the system. So, so you know, so what I do, I, I chronicled all that, and, and then I, I, I wrote about about Verizon, um, about the job, and and also. Uh, about about losing everything, you know. I you know I lost I lost my house. Uh, I lost my girlfriend. Yeah. I lost my kids. Um, you know, and you know, and, and what I write about is about. Being in the cell twenty four hours a day, the isolation, you know, the nighttime economy in prison, the noise, the smell, you know, um, which, which people haven't got any comprehension of. So oh. for me, I, I I go around and teach people that, and and tell them about the fear, you know, the fear of prison, you know, the violence, um, and 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 what actually goes on there, and I'm i I've got a pretty good success rate so far of discerning young, uh, young guys from actually taking up the life of crime. So, oh, yeah, I'm, wow. I'm really happy yeah i'm really happy one yeah
0: so um are you doing uh corporate speaking right now or uh consulting at all with with companies no. on how to how to avoid guys like you um
1: well you know what is 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 it's, it's i i, I done not fight for because i think i thought it was really important
0: mm-hmm.
1: um that, that that um you know i i always say that people don't change mm-hmm. you know you can't change a criminal you know, and, and I, I really sort of uh, I stick to that that mindset. You know, I still that. However, you know, if you change a criminal circumstances, you will change him. You mm. know, you know, it's, it's like, it no matter. So he, if you give him something that he can excel at, and he's got money coming in, he 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 will not do crime. It's as simple as that. He, you know, he you know most criminals are not deviant. So you know, if you're a deviant and you earn lots of money. You're still going to be a deviant, but you'll be a rich deviant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So most, so most criminals, if if you if you replace if you replace uh, thieving with with a really good job that will benefit them and their families and else and keep them on the straight now they're more likely to gravitate to that and excel at it. They will give you 120%. Mm-hmm. And, and most, of, most of the guys that I know um, have got a vast amount of knowledge of, of, of stopping people like me and fraudsters getting into banks, how the whole whole game works. And I think we have a lot to offer. You know, we're you know I keep saying we're more than our past, you know, and I, I think, you know, if, if given the opportunity, I, I think they did it with the FBI in America with the fraudsters over there. One in particular, they wrote a film about him. Uh, I can't remember his name. I think Leonardo DiCaprio paid him. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. The uh, Wolf of Wall, Wall Street, yeah. So that, yeah, but he he then he then um, he then became very successful and helpful to the, uh, the FBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 some of the guys I know of uh, can circumnavigate any whatever you can put out there, we can we can attack.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you, was you Catch know, Me I, If You Can. That's the movie you're talking catch about. Catch
1: Me If You Can. Yeah. yeah. I think if, it's, it'd be better for you to have us on on side and not to have us on side. You know, I, and, and, you know as I said, you know, we'd rather do something good than something bad. You know, people okay. do change as they get older. Yeah.
0: Wow. Now, how can people get a hold of you to help them out, uh, help maybe people, kids that they might know that are in trouble? Or um, how can they get a hold of
1: you? Well, I'm, I'm on i I'm on Twitter. Mm-hmm um uh it's, 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 it's at terry ellis 992
0: okay
1: um I'm, I'm also on instagram uh terry ellis 992 i've also got a facebook group um it's called living living amongst the beasts your views matter um and also i'm on facebook as well uh, as terry ellis um and, and and all my books really are, are on amazon you know and, and, and they're there to actually enlighten people but you know, I speak, I speak, I speak in schools um, and, and, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's really about changing, you know, changing these kids' perception of, of, of what crime is all about, really. And in teaching them about, you know, I, I met lots of kids, young kids, you know, in prison that had killed people, that stabbed people. Oh. You know, they they got caught up in, in the craziness of being in the gang, or, or 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 thinking they had to prove themselves. You know, and and then you get that pack mentality. But I see the other side. I see them when they come into prison. I see them when when their mates go, and I see them six years later. You know, I see them when they're broken. You know, it's, you know, for the first six years, it's it's okay, and then everyone goes home, and you have got to do another six years. You're getting older. You're getting thinner. You're getting grayer. You're losing your hair. Yeah. Then you got to do another six years. Then you got to do another six years, you know, you know, you know, and, and and a lot of them don't make it. You know, I, I, I you know, I saw young, lots of young guys in their 20s kill themselves. Oh, and no. I also saw, I also saw lots of guys that have done 20 years in prison. And when they came to the end of their sentence, they killed us. It's crazy, you know. I just can't understand it. You know, I think that most of them they went into prison and they felt safe. You know, and all the time that they was in there, they they made their made it their home. They had their books, their own cell, their television, they had their little job. They became so comfortable, and then after twenty years, when they had to go home, they sort of they sort of they couldn't cope. You know, I, I, I used to have, yeah, you know, I, I can remember, uh, as, as I wrote in the, um, the final countdown, I can remember having dinner with a really good friend of mine, Ash, he just done 21 years. And uh, we had dinner. I said to him I was leaving to, to go to you know, prison the next day. He wished me well, and in, in the morning, he he, he said you know, he, he couldn't wait to get home to his to his family. And in the morning, he, he killed himself uh, oh, that evening. Wow. So, you know, so, you know, because, you know, so, you know, it made me, made me think about, you know, what people go for mental health wise in prison, the isolation you know you, you know i i, I suffered from mental uh i don't know if it was a breakdown or whatever but for a I mean, three times all the whole time i was in prison i think for a for a i think it hit me three times it was a free three-week period where i just had to close my windows and and shut the curtains and just play music you know and i just i just wallowed in self pity for three weeks until i broke out of it it was it was sort of my way of coping but you know but i, I can always remember having moments of, of sheer panic and terror that all this ever end. um and you know what and, and and i tried to convey that to these guys that you know this is what's coming you know this is not a life that you want to do, you know. So as much as I, I smile and and uh, and I can reminisce about some of the things I did and some of the things I, I did in my past, and I, you know, I'm not proud. Um, you know, I, you know, it's, it's it's come a a massive cost to me, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I, as, as I said, but it's also made me very resilient. Um, and I'm am I'm, I'm quite a strong guy, quite a strong person. So you so know, we just carry on, and that's wow. and that's, uh, that's what we do.
0: Well, I am. I'm glad that you're out there helping folks out. And so I hope that um, that folks listening will get in touch with you because, um, well, well, you're super easy to talk to. And I know that you have the real life experience that can, that can uh, really help folks um, on, onto a different path. So thank you so much for coming on Fraud Busting today. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.